You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, this week, we are talking strata management. We haven't done it for a good couple of hundred episodes. I reckon the last time we sat down and spoke about strata management was with Catherine Leeser, the president of the Strata Managers Association. This week, we are sitting down with Callum Wilson from Oakfield Strata. Oakfield manages some of Perth's most beautiful apartment buildings these days. And I thought it would be timely to tie this conversation in with the conversation last week that we had with Scott Cameron, the GM at Finbar. Callum, thanks so much for coming in, mate. Thanks for having me, Trent. Strata is becoming more topical as a conversation point around the dinner table these days as more people start to either rent or rent out or live in an apartment building these days. You can't have an apartment building without strata management, can you? Absolutely not. It's crucial to the the resident experience. I think it's one of those things that in times gone by, if you ask someone what a strata manager is or what they do or what they cost, and we'll go through that today, I don't think many people would be able to tell you the first thing about strata other than maybe it has something to do with units or apartments or villas. But it's really come to the fore, especially over the last few years, as the maintenance of apartment buildings has become very critical, not only in Western Australia, but probably more pertinently over in the East Coast, especially Sydney, some big landmark cases there where buildings are essentially unlivable, more to do with the construction of them. But after these things get built, they get signed off by the building certifier, it then is really down to the council of owners who employ a strata manager to make sure this building stays in good nick, isn't it? It is. And, and as you said, I think with shows like A Current Affair, I've noticed a lot recently where there's these disaster stories about people that can't live in their units or there's all this extensive damage and millions of dollars being spent on fixing defects. Those sorts of stories are highlighting, I guess, strata in general and then bringing to light more prominence to the strata manager in their role. And as I said, it's a pertinent time to, I think, highlight what the role of the strata manager is, but also what it isn't because these are big complex buildings. Strata managers aren't building managers in that sense of regards to maintenance. The strata management role is really an administrative role, isn't it, that helps tie together the requirements of the council of owners to keep this building up. And then you'll go out there, sort of like a property manager in a way. So maybe the first question I'd ask you, Callum, what does a strata manager do on a day-to-day basis? What are your roles? What would a general day of a strata manager look like? So day-to-day, it's it's very diverse. So that's probably one of the best parts of, of being a strata manager is that no day is the same. You're definitely not clock watching as a strata manager. Uh, there's a whole variety of things that come up, but I guess the, the typical tasks that we do, so financial management of the strata company is one of our key key roles so issuing levies collecting levies managing the bank accounts and so on so that's a big part of what we do balancing the books balancing the books exactly right <laughs> obviously communication with owners whether that be through meetings so preparing for meetings uh, AGMs, EGMs, council of owners meetings, through the minutes and so on for those. Think about an apartment building. Let's say there's an apartment building that has 100 apartments in it. Out of those 100, they're not all on the council of owners, right? Otherwise, it would be some crazy parliament. They would elect a group of people to be on that council to represent them, wouldn't they? They would. So so the maximum amount is, is seven, which is legislated. So obviously, seven's a good amount because if there is a split decision, obviously, there's always going to be a majority. That's good. Um, so someone's got to have that casting vote. So on a good day, you'd be at a meeting with seven owners and you. So it'd be eight people around a table. More often than not, at a, at a council of owners meeting, yeah. So then you would chair that meeting? Uh, it depends. So some strata companies, have, so obviously, everyone has a chair, a chairperson. 
and they may choose to chair the meeting. But I would say probably in bigger buildings they do, but for smaller, say, 50 and under lots, we would generally chair it just because they're perhaps not quite as across what's required, which is always a good experience when you're chairing the meeting and you get to sort of dictate how things go. Yeah. Let's talk about what a normal meeting would look like. If you're thinking about becoming an owner of an apartment in a new building, I think this episode would be really helpful for you simply so you can get an understanding of one, whether you'd like to be on that council of owners to be a part of those decisions. Because you know, at the end of the day, the maintenance of this building has a very close nexus with the experience you're going to have as an owner with regards to the quality going forward. Maybe not in year one, but year five, six, seven, things start to rear their ugly head, don't they, when it comes to maintenance in these buildings? Absolutely. And I think the key thing I would say around that is that being on the council of owners is a huge responsibility. Often people are surprised at how much work is involved. We as a strata manager don't make decisions. There may be things that are delegated to us as part of the contract that we can do. So for example, we might have a $2,000 maintenance spend limit so we can issue work orders for works under that amount. But people often don't understand that they are actually the ones making the decisions. And sometimes the decisions are hard and they impact their neighbours and so on. So that can be often managing that emotional aspect of the decision-making is part of our role to try and sort of take some of the emotion out of it, which can be difficult for people to to process. Let's say you've got a 100-apartment building. How many touch points would you have a week or a month with that building? Is it a a full-time role? Obviously, you guys would have many buildings you'd have to look after. You think about a property manager looking after one house, you might have a touch point with the tenants quite often uh, if they need to be looked after a bit more, making sure the rent comes in, maintenance can happen every few months on properties. But that'd probably be it on most sides, especially the ones that have lower maintenance issues. How often are you sitting down in these meetings? How often are you getting a call to say, well, look, there's a leak here or there's some cladding's fallen off here? What would it look like for you on a regular building? Bigger buildings, you're looking at, say, one council meeting a month. And then as I guess as you come down, maybe for a 100-lot building, you might have a council meeting once a quarter. But weekly, there's lots of traffic. And that's one of the things about strata management that is probably challenging is that the frequency of emails in particular coming in at times can be quite overwhelming. Most strata management companies have various teams that can handle various queries. So for accounts queries, we have an accounts department and most strata management companies have that. It doesn't always come to me as a strata manager and that's why strata management companies in general are trying to free up the strata manager to actually be the strata manager mm. rather than you know admin matters and, and so on it's trying to focus on actually working with the client again property managers they'll charge normally a percentage of rent that's how they get remunerated how does it work with strata managers it's a bit different isn't it it is different so typically the pricing is based on a, a per lot basis it does range in, in wa and also on the east coast but say 250 per lot up to say 500 per lot and how would that be determined is that simply based on where a company wants to price itself or is it more based on the requirements that the ownership would have on the strata when they get to do this and this but not this the bigger the business is obviously they've got to protect their margins so it's probably going to price a little higher whereas the smaller operators um, with less overheads can charge a little lower and still achieve their margin but typically if we go out and we're quoting on a building if there are any defects what the maintenance responsibilities are going to be do they have a building manager? So the building managers often take a lot of work away from us because they're basically doing the maintenance for us. So those sort of things come into play when we're trying to price it, but it does depend. And sometimes you can get a, a gauge on the council of owners. So if they're going through a really, really diligent process to find someone, 
you can probably expect that there could be um, a little bit more work involved to mm. sort of maintain the standard that they expect and obviously would price higher on that. Do you see a lot of turnover in the industry with regards to, let's say you've got a, a brand new building you've picked up and you've got a contract for a couple of years. How often do you think that there are strata companies out there looking for new strata managers after that time shopping around not happy with the service are there a lot of companies in wa is a lot of competition there is a lot of competition there is a lot of shopping around as well so and that sort of speaks to the fact that there seems to be some misalignment in expectations and understanding of what what strata managers do and it seems to be that people expect a rolls royce service but aren't always willing to pay for it Mm. And sort of going back to... That's uh, just a lack of understanding of the role, I think. It, yeah, it is. And also in terms of attracting talent to the industry, I think strata management is a profession that isn't really well understood in general. It's quite niche. It, it is very niche. And there's no sort of, you don't, you don't go to uni and study strata management. It does have a lot of perks of, of being a strata manager. and People don't quite um, understand that. And then that affects the quality, I guess, of the talent in the industry. Yep. And that's not knocking strata managers, but I think that... Broadly speaking, it is hard to get good quality, talented people in a role that is actually quite complex. Mm. You need to know a lot about a lot, of, a lot of different things. High pressure, big money sometimes in terms of the issues you're looking after. Exactly right. And, you know, myself got buildings um, bringing in over a million dollars a year. So it's a big responsibility and you need to know what you're doing. And obviously, these clients expect you to, to do that. So let's talk about a couple of the buildings that you're looking after at the moment at Oakfield. They're pretty high profile, aren't they? They are. So one Subiaco is the one that I, I personally manage at the moment. That um, must be a joy to look after. Right? I mean, is, is it quite complex right now? Uh, trying look, to get your head around the size of the scale of this building and who the owners are and what you have to actually look after? It is. It is a bit daunting. But uh, as I said before, there's a building management company there. So they do building management, they do concierge and cleaning all in the um, under the one umbrella, which really helps me focus on the strata side of things. So far, so good. Obviously, there's always a few teething issues whenever you have a new, a new building. The number of people moving in at once can make it difficult for like a waste management and move-in specific. The lifts have always got their protective covers on them. They do, they do. And just trying to manage that all can be a little bit daunting. But as I said, so far, so good. One Subiaco. Most people are pretty happy. And I think it's, um, it's going well. So I guess it's a sort of relationship where you'd hope that You've got one Subiaco, you can then pick up East Village, maybe West Village, the Grove. It's one of those ones where if you're doing a great service, why would they look elsewhere? Exactly right. And that's what we're trying to focus on now is if people want a, a better service, which is going to be expected by the owners of these buildings, they've probably got to pay a little bit more to get a better type of manager. The Strata Management Company has to be able to afford to pay quality person. And you've got to perform. I mean, look, it could be Paul Blackburn that puts you in in the first place, but in a couple of years, if you're not performing... It's not going to be him kicking you out, is it? Exactly right. So it'll be the council of owners who kick us out. There is a fair bit of pressure. Speaking of once you they've been a, a real joy to work with. So let's talk about the differences in how the culture of apartment living and strata management sit between Perth right now, quite in its infancy, I'd say. And we spoke about that with Scott last week from FIMBA. But compared to your experience, because you've got a bit of experience over east in this space as well, they're decades ahead of us, aren't they? It is quite advanced on the East Coast. So, yeah, so I've worked over there just under five years. And in terms of the technology in the buildings, the way the buildings are set up, it is a little bit further ahead of what I've seen so far in WA. The way that things are set up in terms of access to buildings, so it's all, you know, on your phones and facial recognition technology and so on. I think it is coming over here. It's it's not far off. A bit of James Bond stuff going on there. Yeah, so it's pretty impressive. So you think we're going to see 
see that in the next few years. Absolutely. And with regards to the relationship you have with the ownership of buildings over there, are they a little bit more experienced, probably not sophisticated, but just a bit more used to how things work over there than we are maybe? With strata companies and obviously um, in Victoria, they're called owners corporations. You're getting some very astute individuals who join these these council of owners. So you've got you know, lawyers, bankers, all sorts of people who have done very well for themselves and have significant you know, commercial acumen, I guess you could call it. So, But it might still be their first time in an apartment setting. That yeah. is true. So I guess our role is just to educate them on the strata side of things, but try not to tread on their toes too much in regards to the commercial operation of the building. But I, I would say it's quite similar in terms of the way people operate. The, the nature of the community in which people are living in, it's not a whole lot different. I think that the same sort of things come up often. Let's talk about uh, levies special levies, all these things, which can be quite sensitive amongst owners, especially in older buildings as well, stuff that's you know, 30, 40, 50 years old. I mean, the old strata complexes that might only be two or three stories higher, they would still have strata managers too. Getting to an age there where you might have hundreds of thousands of dollars of work that's required on buildings and if they're multi-parcel buildings in the way where maybe i live in a set of six and there's a set of six across the drive from me but we're all part of one strata and the one across the drive is the one that needs the two hundred thousand dollars of work as an owner on my side i'd be pretty filthy wouldn't i that's the sort of thing where you guys have to facilitate making sure there's enough money in the bank for not today not last year but 5 10 15 20 years from now and that can be a little bit jading for owners who may not even plan to be in the apartment in the future, right? There's this ongoing tension between, say, investors, so people who want to spend as little as possible whilst they've got their apartment versus those who want to be there for a long term and want to invest in the property. So with that, there's always going to be tension at meetings, trying to get decisions made, trying to raise money. It can be very difficult. Mm. So um, I can imagine it gets heated. A couple of people want the apartment building repainted. A couple of other people go, what is that to me? I'm still getting the same rent either way. Heated would be an understatement. and and i guess that the dynamic would differ depending on whether there is a majority of ownership in the investor space versus homeowners right because as you alluded to investors simply looking to maximize the bottom line every week homeowners i would expect should be thinking to maintain this place like it's their own absolutely and um and that's where blackburn's buildings i guess in subiaco might be a bit different a lot more owner occupied properties there right there is there's still a decent percentage there that are leased but i think it's about 65 percent is owner occupied so based on that we expect people to really want to invest in the building and based on discussions i've had so far there's every intention to do that so strata managers role i want to pull back to a little bit for a second because there's confusion there i think in the building that i live in in northbridge we're about seven years in since the building was first built and starting to see some issues over the last couple of years with regards to water leaking through the uh, bottom floor into the basement staining cars melting the paint away causing real issues not only to obviously owners but tenants as well that starts to become a problem for i guess all parties involved the tenants the owners the strata managers, the building manager who's supposed to be looking after the maintenance, really, and also the builder who's still in a warranty period, right? Yeah. A lot of finger pointing going on? A lot of finger pointing, and it, it does make it hard because often these problems, it's not an easy fix. You've, you've got to pay for an expert to come in, which is the first part, and then they don't always know where these things are coming from. So it is hard for us to manage that process because people obviously are suffering for various reasons. We do our best to manage that, but sometimes people, people get angry and that's, and that's fair enough uh, in those situations. What do we do when we do, there's not enough money in the bank? Let's say that this problem, for example, the one I've just given, costs $200,000 to fix. 
if the builder's not required to stump up for it and the strata company doesn't have 50 grand in the bank, what happens there? Is that where a special levy comes in and everyone has to agree on that? You can't force that to happen, can you? Exactly right. We can't force the strata company to do anything really, but in that situation, they have a couple of options. A special levy would be the first thing that we would recommend, but there's also um, strata finance available. So if they want to get a loan, on that to help um, with the cash flow and push back the cost down the track, they can do that. But typically we wouldn't really recommend that because there's obviously interest payable and if you can pay it up front, that's ideal. It can be challenging, but the strata company has, a, has an obligation at law to manage the common property and, and repair and maintain it. So we always kind of fall back on that as the, the sort of the starting position. I assume that most of your work would be in the larger format space, right? Obviously the bigger buildings. However, triplex blocks are strata titled, survey strata titled and require management as well. It might just be insurance on a driveway. And you don't see as much prevalence, I think, with strata managers there, just people not wanting to, not seeing value for money. Do you have much experience in that space and a bit of a response to that view? I've managed uh, properties from three lots up to 1,472. So quite diverse range of size of buildings. I do see what you mean. I currently live in a, in a three lot strata and we don't have a strata manager, perhaps because I am a strata yeah, manager. I was <laughs> <laughs> but quite a few friends who live in four or five lotters and just don't, uh, don't see the value in it. But where do you see the value given your profession? Where do you genuinely think there is and isn't value? I think that the value comes in, especially when it comes to people not paying. So for example, in these smaller schemes, sometimes people split up the insurance premium payments so everyone pays separately. And if someone doesn't pay, that can impact everyone else's policy. Mm-hmm. So the strata manager has a pretty key role there in staying on top of people, getting the funds in, and also trying to encourage people to raise more money for a rainy day. Because you never know, there might be a massive sinkhole in the driveway and all of a sudden- Who's gonna pay for it? Exactly. Yeah. So we always, we're always trying to push to think about that as part of the management of, of the property, even though it might not seem that important at the time. Well, and that's where it gets a bit sticky, I think, especially on the, the rear loaded stratas. Let's say a triplex, for example. The guy at the front's not really that bothered. A lot of the time, he's got his own driveway. Mm-hmm. And then be a little bit nicked off if there's some maintenance required to the brick paving, the soak well down at the back where they've never even driven. They wouldn't even feel comfortable driving. And suddenly, the guy at the back's hitting the guy at the front up because they're in the same survey strata title. Yeah, yeah, that would be quite an awkward conversation to have, and maybe that's where, in those situations, having that professional middleman makes a difference. Absolutely, and I think that with that, the benefit of living in strata. So you might not benefit from something in particular, but overall, it's it's still your responsibility to contribute towards that because it's for the greater good of the building. Because obviously, if the front's trying to sell their lot at the front and there's a massive sinkhole at the back, it's going to affect their sales price. So it's in their best interests. Let's talk about the difference between a building manager and a strata manager for a second. And I think a lot of people get confused about that. I'm sure you get a lot of calls all the time where there's a maintenance issue. You'll get a random call from an owner calling you saying, hey, can you fix it? Is that the proper pathway when they're expecting you to fix it? Or are they calling you because they're expecting you to call the building manager who might live in the building to go and fix it? Often it depends. So the building manager is typically the go-to person for any maintenance issues. And often the building doesn't have a building manager at all. Exactly right. So there'd be a small percentage of buildings that do have building managers. So most strata companies in WA are smaller ones. I think there's only a small percentage that are, say, over 100 lots, which would have a building manager. Because that's when you can probably afford to share the cost of one. Exactly right. Typically, if there is a building manager, they would handle all maintenance. But in these smaller schemes, say under 100 lots, typically, it is over to the strata manager. So people email us, call us, send photos through, uh, log it through our app, and then we get on with sorting it out. Talk about this app, 
that's another piece of technology that would not be accessible to most people in Western Australia. What's the benefits? How does it work? So we use an app called Stratify. There's a lot of apps out there, obviously more so on the East Coast, but they're making their way over to WA as we get higher density here in WA. So for example, you can walk up to, say if you notice an issue in the car park, there's a hole in the wall. You can take a photo, log it on the app, and then it comes through to our maintenance team. And then obviously they can issue a work order to get that resolved. And it's useful for all sorts of things. They can log into their, so when I say they, I mean the owners can log in, uh, can view their, their levies and where they're sitting at with their uh, financial status and so on. They can access AGM minutes and all sorts of things. So it's quite a handy tool for the owners. Streamline, but obviously for us, there's a lot of calls, a lot of emails. If people can self-serve a little bit, it's going to help us manage the building. So if I'm looking to... Uh, engage a strata manager going forward either as a first-time basis or replacing an old one where do you think there's value for money what do you think we should be expecting out of a strata manager and what shouldn't we expect at the end of the day there's typically two types of pricing models that strata management companies will offer so the first is a fixed price model that's generally a little bit higher per lot and that is basically saying that we'll do all the duties of a strata manager for a fixed price per annum and obviously there might be an annual increase or whatever Whereas other companies uh, like Oakfield, we have, a, I guess, a lower fee upfront, but then there's uh, additional services. So there's things that we do on top, such as go to council meetings, um, attending meetings after hours and so on, managing projects over a certain threshold, a financial threshold that we would charge an hourly rate for. And we find that that gives the strata company the ability to determine how much work it actually wants to do. So the more time that the council of owners puts in, the less they have to pay. We think that's the best model, but obviously others uh, prefer that certainty of knowing what they're going to pay each year. But in terms of the duties, I mean, it, it's almost endless, but the, the key things, sending out levies, following people up for their payments, arranging meetings, issuing work orders, issuing quote requests, following up trades, issuing out communications whenever they're needed, when people need to know about things at the building. So most of the contracts are pretty standard. So the SCA, so the Strata Community Association, they have a standard contract that most of the companies will base theirs around. Well, it's good to know that there's a bit of standardization coming in the industry. Mm. Obviously, there is a level of qualification that is starting to be built in. Do you want to talk about that for us? Raising the bar a little bit, as you were speaking about before. Yes, and I, I love that. So in Victoria, that's not mandated. So you can literally walk in off the street uh, in Victoria and become a strata manager, which is, in my view, really concerning. Um, that's so how it's been in WA for a long time as well, though. It has, yeah. And obviously, that's that's changing, which I think is a really good thing for the industry and really good for the for the customer as well to know that there is at least a minimum standard for education. But I still think there's there's more work to do in terms of getting strata managers to the point where they, where they need to be. The certificate four in strata community management is, is what it's called. The requirement is to have that qualification prior to, I think it's 2024. Yeah, so. It's coming up, isn't it? It's coming up quick. I mean, look, I've got mine a long time ago. At Ofield, for example, we've got everyone going through that who hasn't already got it. So it's um, it's a worthwhile investment, absolutely. Look, I think it's been a really good chat today, Callum, just to give people a bit of an understanding if they're going to start thinking about buying into apartments as their downsizer option or their first home buyer option or right sizing, whatever it is that would lead you to moving towards living and owning apartments. This is a big part of that facet. It's the strata levy every month. It's not just a waste of money. It goes towards what has been a fairly detailed plan of 
where the expenses are going to go. Hopefully put together by a fairly sophisticated strata manager who is going to be a big part of your life going forward. That, I hope today, is, is a good little taster for those people who are thinking off the back of last week's episode that apartment living and apartment ownership might be for them. To follow it up with a chat with you today who is on the ground every day, Calm, is, uh, is very much appreciated. Thank you, Trent. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!